0: Hello. (laughs) Uh, My name is Philip Sanfierenzo. I'm 37. Today is October 19th, 2007. We are in Fort Worth, Texas, and I am Lena's friend, uh, Lena Caballero. Phillips. Phillips. Yes, Phillips is married.
1: Uh, My name is uh, Magdalena Caballero Phillips, um, 41, October 19th. 2007, uh, Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, I'm going to say my best friend. I'm here with my best friend because he is.
0: Okay. Well, um, let's guess we'll start this off of the reason for this today. You came to me about a, a few days ago with this and extremely excited about it.
1: Yes, I'm <clears throat> uh, really excited about it. I have a three-year-old, three-and-a-half-year-old, and I think this would be a cool thing to do and to leave him something and I also have a 20 cool 25 year old and uh I think it would be cool to leave his kids with something you know grandma's cool kind of thing
0: <laughs> grandma's cool uh, hopefully yeah. I'll be cool <laughs> tell us a little bit about your your history where you're born
1: I was born in Honduras I came here when I was uh 5 um have four brothers. Three of them were with me in Honduras. Uh, Jamie, Edwin, and Harvey. And then we moved to Boston. My mother moved there first. She left us in Honduras in the care of my aunt and uh, grandmother. And um, it was a difficult time being uh, away from my mother for so long. It felt like forever. It was six months, though. So. Uh, she worked at, in Honduras, she worked in uh, the telephone company, uh, the switchboard, and she met a man um, that did a lot of business and wanted a nanny for his children, and he, she realized that that would be a great opportunity for her to come to to, uh, to uh, the United States, and um so that was her chance to come and he said he would straighten all her papers out and she did and then sent a, came with, for us six months later. And we lived in Boston, which was really cool. Uh, it was different. Uh, every time I, uh, reflect on that part of my life, I think we were definitely the Hispanic Beverly Hillbillies because we did I've never seen stairs go up escalators and uh, the doors that open by themselves and uh there was one time that my mother when she was working she didn't know how to operate the washer and dryer so when the family would leave she would wash it by hand and try to dry it before they got home <laughs> well fortunately they got home early one day and showed her how to use it <laughs> Um, let's see, uh, lived in Boston. My, uh, that's where my mother, uh, met my stepfather and got married. They had a son, uh, Louis, my youngest brother. And that's when things started to change in my life. Um, can't say, uh, it was the best time, but I do remember some good times with my brothers and my family, but um, ended up being um, uh, molested. started from the age of seven when my stepfather entered our lives then. <clears throat> um, realized that uh, he couldn't continue on the his plan, whatever he had in store for me up there because there was way too much family so he moved us down here to texas and it continued for 15 years um a lot of struggle with it a lot of uh bad things uh tried to commit suicide a few times but on uh in the midst of all i uh got pregnant i actually got pregnant a few times but um i only kept one and uh I wasn't able to keep the other two. But, um, uh, my one was the best one. He, uh, he helped me through a lot. Uh, Victor is his name. He's uh 25 now. He'll be 26 in January. Um, one of the most amazing things that ever happened to me. I had him when I was 15. Um... <laughs> Sorry. Then um, uh, finally got out of that situation. Uh, didn't know how to deal with life because I was so young and didn't know a whole lot of stuff. Um, but uh, he helped me through a lot. I unfortunately had uh, turned to a life of different uh alcoholism drug use a lot of bad things made some bad choices then i decided i was in love (laughs) Uh, my very first boyfriend was uh, a guy two doors down from where i lived i thought he was the best thing ever uh he helped me through a lot of things but he was not the one so moved on to a guy that I uh, knew from middle school and ended up marrying him. Um, was married to him for, um, uh, what, 10, 12 years, something like that. We were separated most of our time. Uh, he was verbally and physically abusive, which was better than the situation I was in. But during all this time, I was st- still self-medicating and doing things I like prob- making some bad choices and trying to raise a son. Uh, we struggled a lot, but he always knew uh, where he came from, where, you know, his story. I wanted to make sure that nobody else would tell him what, who, where he came from. The day that that happened, it was a very interesting, and I think it was one of the longest days of my life. <clears throat> uh, but what made it really cool is that his uh, uncle, which is his half-brother, he adored him, so he just thought that was really cool that his uncle was his slash-brother, too. And that kind of buffered things for him at his age. Um... Went on from there when I was going through all of this. In the midst of all of this, I decided to try to give back, and I tried doing. I became a rape counselor. I worked for the Women's Center of Fort Worth, rape counselor for three years, and uh, did fairly well. Was still having issues myself, but I felt like if I can help somebody else during this time. Uh, You know, what I've gone through wouldn't be in vain. So I just felt like I I could do this until I ran across um, somebody that was very close to what I was going through. And that set me right back into counseling. Um, And that was really difficult. My very first counselor, uh, Rosemary Brockman, I'll never forget her name. Uh, She was amazing. And it was amazing the feeling that I got after that very first session of being able to tell somebody this huge secret that I've had, I had for so long. Um, it was really great. Uh, and I, I, uh, I think she was one of my reasons that I wanted to do something in this field. Suffer from, uh, I was uh, declared, uh, of course, major depression from situ- from the situation, took all kinds of medication, uh, Zoloft and all kinds of stuff to help uh, manage my moods. Uh, it was still difficult because I wasn't getting the help and the support. In a Hispanic family, it's very hard, you know, being, they just want to cover up things and say, if we don't talk about it, it's not there. And actually finding somebody that uh, was able to talk to me about it and to help me through a lot of things that, that really, but then the self-esteem issue, you know, that wasn't, wasn't there for a long time. It wasn't there for a long time. My bottom was, um, when I found myself 37, 38 years old, I was so tired of, drinking and self-medicating and um, I ended up becoming pregnant I never thought I lost several children throughout my journey because I do call this a journey um, but um, I signed up, I didn't think that this one would stick and he did and that was my wake-up that was my time that I said things have to change and I started uh, going around healthier people, talking to people a lot more, not being so ashamed of it. And people, I noticed people started, uh, like, saying, admiring words, you know, and that was really confusing to me because I've always been questioned or, or you know, oh, that, that couldn't have happened or, you know, or, you know, denied of what was, what really had happened. So when people were like, wow, you went through that and you're here and you're, you know, I was like, yeah. So that gave me a little bit of a boost there. And then I met a man during all of this time. Well, before that, I met a man, obviously. <laughs> uh, Bert, my husband now, he's uh, amazing. Uh, he has gone through so much with me and we have Matthew and he's uh the best dad he's um he's just the best person um it's like he found me at my lowest and he was there for everything and he put up with so much oh my gosh this guy put up with so much but he was determined that there was something about me that was special and he made me feel special which i think that was like rare in my life so it was really cool to find somebody to say you know you're special and accept you in whatever way and um we dated for 7 years we had a child in between Matthew. Matthew, he's three and a half now. And I was still, when I first met Bert, I was still self-medicating and doing a bunch of stupid stuff. But uh, he made me feel so special that, you know, that was really diminishing. And then when I found out I was pregnant, I thought, no, my life's got to change. I was so fortunate in being able to have a child that, you know, that i wanted not that i didn't want victor but that you know came from a good place a great place and and a loving situation victor came from god i believe because we look so much alike (laughs) but um my little one is that is the one that i i said i gotta make a stamp in this world or do something different and when i was pregnant with him I ended up having to, oh, I, well, before I was pregnant with him, I got a DWI. <laughs> yes, I got a DWI and, uh, I went to jail for uh, 24 hours, or whatever that was. It felt like two years. <laughs> but, uh, in that whole thing, looking at the people there and, and thinking, wow, this has got to change. They, uh, made me go to a, uh, to do probation kind of thing, uh, community service. And I ended up doing community service at the Mental Health Association. And these people were just the best people. I could not believe how nice they were and they didn't want anything. That was really creepy. (laughs) and I was like, okay. And just started being around healthier people, reading about different uh, mental illnesses and realizing how many of them I had. <laughs> Actually, the major depression was the one that I really had. And uh, But uh, being involved in their peer-supported activities and doing all of this, I had to do that for like six months. Then they hired me. And I've been there uh, going on three years now. Now I do the Hispanic outreach, uh, all the peer supported activities and I help people that were in the same place that I found that I was in and I find that you know the money isn't uh, it's social work so the money's not good at all <laughs> but I give it all up just to be there. I, I would do it for on, on a volunteer basis if I had to because you can't get that anywhere you can't get that kind of appreciation when people look at me and say you've done so much for my life which i don't do anything other than i teach them i help empower them i show them how to empower themselves i show them that you know there's support out here to help them but they look at me and go you no, i didn't i don't take credit i tell them they did this because you have to want to do this. And that's how I found out about this stuff. And and I'm glad I'm here today doing this with my best friend. And of course, I ran across him well, through a, a couple of years and just got to meet him. And he's awesome. Thank
0: you. Well, we had talked about this, and you said you didn't want it to be too much in any one particular thing. So... With your family. I've been around your family and you like to tease each other and have fun and it's very obvious you all love each other and
1: Oh, it's amazing.
0: Yes. Yeah. I'm thinking maybe as growing up you you go through your siblings and give us like your favorite memory of each one. Oh gosh. So let's say you start with the oldest is uh, Harvey. Harvey's the oldest.
1: Harvey I always remember as him the being the protector. I'll never forget, we were at a baseball, a softball game, and here in Fort Worth, and in a rough, pretty rough neighborhood, these guys kept teasing us, and we were trying to practice, and there was a bunch of them, and they were drinking, and he, they kept teasing us, and wanting to, hey, come here, come here, and we were like, no, and he came up. And I swear, I've never seen men run so fast. <laughs> so, uh, and I just, that's, that's his role. He's always been my protector, my, you know, my go to guy. He was, he was really cool. And then Edwin. Edwin had a little, uh, when we were young, he was, we really thought he was gonna be, uh, in the gangs. He was just so, bad (laughs) he was so rebellious he 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 always um he always did things his way and didn't listen he ran away he was the only one to run away we always pretended we were going to run away but we never did he was the one that always did (laughs) that did that one time uh but then he went to the air force went to the air force and made a they made a man out of him He ended up marrying his high school, middle school sweetheart. They're still married today. He retired from the military and he is a teacher at Trinity Valley High School. And he is just an amazing man. And he also was on Millionaire and won $25,000 on Millionaire. So that was really cool. So, and he's very involved in his church, he's Catholic. We call him Deacon Ed. (laughs) Um, He has two daughters, amazing guy, really cool. And then Jamie. Jamie, I think the fondest memory of Jamie is he always, when we were little, especially in Honduras and in Boston, he always held my hand. He was always there and he was a silly one. He was the one that he jokes with me. there's not a day goes by that I don't, you know, think about him and laugh about something that he said or something that he did. And he is, he always keeps me smiling. Um, when it comes to emotions, he doesn't know how to show a whole lot, but we know he has them. <laughs> and then Lewis. Lewis is my baby brother. He's the one that knocked me off of my baby pedestal. But, um, he's he's he was my baby i remember changing or trying to change his diaper don't know if i did a good job um i remember buying him his first pair of wind of uh oh my goodness the deaf leopard pants the zip with all the zippers the wind pants (laughs) i forgot what they're called (laughs) parachute pants there you go the parachute pants and he wanted them in white and I just spoiled him and just bought him whatever, and he was he was a really cool kid. He was my first kid. I I felt very protective of him, and uh, of course my mom, my mom and I have had um, rough times. I blamed her for a lot of things, but I realized that she went through a lot in her life and her struggles and her mental health too. That she didn't acknowledge that she had issues but I thought I would hate her all my life and uh, now at my age and now that things have come to pass I uh, find that I can't be without her call her we talk about seven times a day easy (laughs) that's on a late day (laughs) Uh, I admire her so much for everything that she's gone through and everything that we've gone through and we've come made it through and uh, she's amazing she's absolutely amazing to me I wish there was more I could do for her um, as far as you know helping her sleep she has the worst sleeping pattern <laughs> just helping her get some rest and really fight all the help her fight all the the baggage that she still carries sometimes because of what happened to me uh you know let her know and she she knows this i've just told her several times it wasn't her fault bad people do bad things and uh after they had gone there's a lot of casualties and we just so happen to be a part of that but uh i have a truly amazing family my uh My grandmother, which is my mother's aunt, that's who raised her. She lives here in Fort Worth. My real grandmother lives in Boston with my aunts and uncles and such. But um, she's my little grandma. She was an interesting, she was a nurse for 35 years. And uh, she was the strong one. She was the strong one. She's going to be 81 in January. Really cool.
0: What about your boys? Oh, my boys. Your favorite memory with him? Let's say growing up, you know, first few years.
1: (laughs) Oh, my boy, my boy, that was my baby. He was everything. Um, (laughs) I think the coolest thing is he came home and he would get little spankings and swats here and there, and his he'd come home and he'd say, "Mom." Jason said, which Jason was a neighbor, he says, Jason says, if I, you spank me, I could call the police. And I thought, well, you have to make it to the phone, kid. But <laughs> he's like, Jason's silly, huh, Mom? <laughs> Jason's silly he was very curious he um we watched a lot of movies uh very music music movies very artsy kind of guy uh he was really smart he's really smart but he has so much talent and i i struggled so much with everything that i was going through i i wish that's one of my one regrets that i wish i could have cultivated everything that he had inside of him which now is really shining and it's really coming out he lives in California now and uh, he's doing a lot of stuff a lot of good stuff he's going back to school and uh, I don't know he's he'll he'll always be that, uh, my baby my my first love uh, I didn't know what love was until I met him, until uh, when I, I was 15 years old, and um, my mother t- took off that weekend because it was my due date. And she said, Monday morning, she looked at me and she said, If you go into labor today, don't you call me. <laughs> I said, I'm not. About two hours later, I was in full blown labor and uh, I was left alone with Jamie. Poor Jamie. He kept trying to make me go in my closet because <laughs> he didn't want all that baby stuff everywhere. <laughs> we ended up calling the ambulance. The ambulance showed up. I walked out with my little suitcase, and he knocked on the ambulance door, and they're like, what are you doing? You're, we'll come get you, and I'm like, but I'm ready. Um <laughs> uh, Jamie, I I didn't realize that while I was doing that, Jamie was inside on the phone begging, pleading, crying to my mother, please don't make me go with her. (laughs) So I went to the hospital by myself. And my mother worked at another hospital. She worked at John Peter Smith. And I had a Victor at uh, All Saints. So she was down the street but couldn't get off of work. And she was just dying and calling me every few minutes and saying, you know, are you okay? And this and that. And finally she got there and, uh, I, it was, uh, I went into labor about 10, about two o'clock. And I remember the time because general hospital was on. <laughs> two o'clock, I was in full blown labor and I was really going. And then they finally let her come to help me. And in the middle of everything, I decided I didn't want to do it anymore and I closed my legs <laughs> and my mother slapped me <laughs> she said you opened your legs nine months ago you better open them now and I thought great you're slapping me and I'm in so much pain uh, and then Victor came uh, 354 January 11th 1981 and he's every year on his birthday till he was about 18 19 no, maybe maybe even 22 I'm sorry about 22 every at 354 I'm kissing him or I'm on the phone with him or something I make I make that a point that's our thing that's our special thing and uh, this is his first time away from me out of state living out of state so I guess I'm going to have to be okay with the phone call. (laughs) But I don't care where I was. I I was rushing to his school. Even when he was in high school, he was like, oh, mom. And and when the uh, secretary found out what I was there for and how long I had been doing this, she had called him on the speaker, which a high school kid doesn't want to be called on the speaker. Your mom is here. (laughs) So he was like, why did you do that? <laughs> but as he turned the corner that, uh, on the clock, it moved to three fifty-four, And I was like, you made it. So that was kind of a special thing for us. And then there's my Matthew, my miracle, my, I didn't think I was going to be able to ever have another child. And, uh, he came along and a lot of things i didn't think i would be able to do and he's doing it he's uh he's amazing he's the biggest kid i've ever had not when he was born but he makes victor look real scrawny and he's just three and a half (laughs) i'm thinking dallas cowboy player hopefully 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 um just amazing Amazing kid, amazing smile, amazing personality. And uh he's got a wonderful, wonderful man that is uh giving him some good examples and really uh raising him to be a man and showing him what it is to be a man. The compassionate is there, uh the uh thank you. Please, and all of the stuff. Victor learned that, but I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> I was by myself, so I just kind of winged it. I, I knew they were supposed to learn that, but Matthew's really getting some really good structure. And, uh, cool kid. Uh, can't wait. Every day I look forward to see what new he's gonna bring home when he comes home from school. He's doing so, he has a little bit of a speech impediment right now. So he's learning sign, and he comes home with a new sign, and I just—it's just, just amazes me how cool he is. And I don't care—he's sneaky. He's—he'll do something and then turn around and give me them big, uh, big eyes, and he's like, "Mom," <laughs> and I go, "Okay." Might be wrong, but whatever. <laughs> he's a cool kid. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: What about uh you were doing this for maybe future generations yeah if you want to tell your kids and victor and matthew listen to this in 10 or 15 years your grandkids in the future what do you want to say to them you know words of advice wisdom hang yours
1: yeah uh and and that was one of my biggest things is for my for my kids and their kids and well, you know, the other kids, whoever um no matter what where I came from, the stories that I have had the the pain, the hurt, the tears, the depression, the bad choices, all of that inside, no matter what I knew, I knew I was good, I knew there was something good inside, and I just had to find it and Really cultivated into who I am now, and I like who I am. And my message to them would be really like who you are. Really, um, what no matter what bad choices or situations that you have absolutely no control over, you can come out of it and be a great person. Um, it's what you put in it, it's what you, you know, it's hard, it's hard, but nothing, I always felt, I've always heard nothing good is easy, it's very hard, it's a lot of work, but you have to want it, and please want it, <laughs> please want it, because it's so worth looking in the mirror in the morning and going I feel good and not just saying it because you need to say it but really feeling good and really you can't wait of what that day is going to bring or who God's going to bring into your path and because every day he brings something new into my path and I don't know what did I don't know what's going to happen from day to day but everybody I run into I say Wow, God! He really put gave me a good task today, or ooh, how do I handle this one <laughs> but I, I you know whatever it takes, you know there's good in you there's you the foundation of good is there, and just it's worth it it's worth it and and please don't be an atheist, <laughs> please believe. <laughs> it's uh God has helped me through a lot i am not uh always in church I'm not always but my faith is very deep and it's very strong, and I feel very comfortable with uh I feel like what i do i I work with God out here in the real world, and church is great and and I do go occasionally i and I hope to go a little bit more now that Matthew's getting bigger, and I really want him to know about the church, I wasn't able to do that with Victor, but um, I want him his faith to be really strong because it's so important and uh, there's a lot of reward that comes from being and having that faith.
0: Oh. So, <clears throat> with your grandkids, you gave them a message, let's say you wanted to describe yourself to your grandkids in 10 words or less.
1: Ooh good one, um, happy, uh, fun, loving, unconditionally, um, appreciative, very appreciative with, uh, how the world is, uh, compassionate, um, faithful i have a lot of faith i I believe that there's so much good in this world but we're just shown all the bad look for the good in the world um oh pretty (laughs) we're pretty uh uh respectful respectful uh that was a good question. <laughs> I think that's pretty well. Uh, most of all, uh, loving, happy,
0: really happy. Great people that. in my life. I've seen that. You've looked great past couple of years. Keep seeing you get happier.
1: Yeah. My heart is uh, really getting there. It's 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 there but now it's just adding on it's like you you got a good house now you're just decorating it <laughs>
0: hmm. what would you want to be remembered for? oh god it doesn't have to have happened yet maybe your goal for you know you finally did accomplish something it's, it's...
1: wow uh, how, how I would like to be remembered is as a kind person As a loving person as a good person my accomplishments that I was able to help a lot of people that was able to um, give hope to a lot of people Um, with mental illness it's that's a huge thing that I fight for to to let people know that it is an illness it's not you're crazy it's an illness and just like diabetes and high blood pressure and that the medication does help but the support and uh everything i believe in within the mental health uh hopefully i could make a mark and in within the hispanic community i find that uh, very important because we do have a tendency to ignore what uh mental illness is and uh just brush it off as uh some voodoo or some kind of you know backwood uh you know she didn't do right when she was little. <laughs> it's not that it's a it's a disorder and it's an illness that we have and and we could overcome the things that we can overcome in our lives, so hopefully one day they'll say you know Lena helped a lot of people get there and and be happy. That's mm-hmm. pretty much it. Yeah.
2: We've got about two minutes left. Do you mind if I jump in? Yeah, go yeah. for it. Um, I kind of want to extend the interview a little bit if that's okay with you guys. Okay. okay. Um, would it be okay to go into some of the stuff in sure. the past? Sure. The early stuff. I want to know how old were you when you left home and under what circumstances did you leave? Had you already had Victor and what was your family's response to <clears your> the <throat> decision to leave home?
1: Um, well, I was uh, being okay. in the situation that and I was in. That's okay. Sorry. I don't. That's, okay. <laughs> and that's where uh, I get nervous. <laughs> Going into my earlier years, I do get a little nervous and, so that fidgety um but uh when I uh decided I I couldn't take any more um I had had Victor and um I was very scared that this man was going to do something to him and uh I didn't realize that I, I that's where I became protective and that's when I said you know I've got to make a move and I I ran away at one point and of they made me come back but um I still wouldn't tell because uh I felt and he was uh, my stepfather was a, a member of the Colombian mafia in Boston and we moved to Texas that was the only way we could do to get out for him to get out of it so that's why we moved to Texas kind of hiding with him and uh he kept me he kept he was a very intelligent man and uh, he kept me silent for a long time and threats and said you know if you tell uh, you know your family would hate you and they wouldn't like you and the whole guilt thing of who you know it was all my fault and yada yada and uh, but then I realized after I had Victor I had something and that's all I really needed to get out of that situation is something to back me up. Someone that was, that was going to help me. And that was Victor. And uh, I came home one day and so happening, Victor was running around naked, uh, you know, as most children do. But I had this horrible, horrible feeling of when I seen him and then I seen my child naked and I thought, no way, and I don't believe he ever did anything to him, but I knew he wasn't going to either, and, uh, that's when he became desperate, I found, when it, when that happened, it was like maybe two weeks, I, I got an apartment, I, I we did not have any furniture, but I was out of there, and, uh, that was uh that was my turning point of course it still the secret still hadn't come out my mother was still with him um and uh as I got out of that situation that's when uh the self-medicating uh was coming and uh (laughs) my mother thought I was uh doing I was pregnant she thought I was pregnant from a black man and she was just oh my god what is wrong with you and this and that and then when she came over one day somebody from work dropped her off at my apartment and uh I was telling she said you're pregnant and I said no I'm not pregnant and I looked at her dead in her face and I said you wouldn't you wouldn't understand You wouldn't understand and this look came over her face she looked at me and she said has he touched you and to my most worst (laughs) fears everything i i was like what and i started crying and she said oh my god he's touching you and she said his name and she said it and I couldn't believe it and I couldn't believe my secret was out and she was so angry we went to the house to confront him I stayed in the car I don't know what happened in the house he came out of the house and I remember his hands going up in the air and he said my god, what have you done? He was white as a ghost. And he's at that moment. I, I had still had the car on. I, I never, I don't know if I even had it in park. I really don't. I just remember driving off and I called my brother from a pharmacy right down the street and he came. Well, he, He's, and uh, he, had, my stepfather said he was going to get some cigarettes and he never came back um, I got back to the house and later on I found out that my mother pulled a gun on him which the gun was always loaded for some reason that day it was not loaded and she clicked every click clicked every click and it, nothing happened and that's when he went, walked outside that's the last... No, that wasn't the last time I seen him because I've run into him. I was declared suicidal, so we were not able to prosecute him. Uh, it was supposedly going to affect me more. And uh, back then, and that time, uh, the victims were really... Uh, they were really harassed and very, you know she oh it was her fault yada yada so my mother said it would not be good and that was the day that it all ended but that was the day a lot of other things started
2: so when did your mom was that that day did your mom figure out that victor was
1: no Um. Coming from the Hispanic background, of course, you know, we don't talk about it. It's not true. So we did not talk about it, and it wasn't true for a long time. And then finally, I uh this Henry person that I put his name. No, it was Charlie. I'm sorry. It was Charlie. I knew it was a typical name. It was Charlie. This Charlie person I uh made up and said that it was his. I hid my pregnancy for months. Um, I was six months when they found out I was pregnant because um, I every pregnancy I'd had he would drop me off at the abortion clinic and I didn't want to I was tired I was really tired Uh the guilt of killing children um, so I needed this one to be okay and so um I really wanted. And when he started moving, that was awesome. And then later on when I had him, we hid him from everybody. I remember not going to functions with my with my my parents because I had a child. Uh, I remember uh my brother getting gifts for his child, but I never got any for mine because it was hidden. And then a few years Went by before. After everything came out, Victor was uh, about five years old, four or five, when everything came out, and it was about eight, seven or eight, when my mother found out that it wasn't. Every, every, everything came. You know, after that, it was like a big puzzle, and pieces just started falling into place and so forth.
2: Did you, you described that Victor was really the person who helped you get out of that situation was there ever a point during that pregnancy where your relationship with him because I know you always have a relationship with your baby even during the pregnancy Mm -hmm. was difficult because of the nature of the pregnancy or as soon as you knew you were pregnant you felt like ownership of that baby and you never struggled there and maybe if you could contrast your second pregnancy with that first pregnancy as well. Yeah.
1: Um, with Victor, I guess because of the other abortions, that's the ones that bothered me that I, I go, wow. You know, and at, and at 15, you're going, you're killing kids, you know, that, that stuck in my head. So Victor, I wanted to protect. And so the ownership was there. There wasn't, oh, where he came from or how he was conceived. No, that, that wasn't an issue. It was mine. I saved my baby. That was my baby. And, uh, I think the coolest thing, um, one of the coolest things my son has ever said to me, he actually thanked me. He said, thank you, mom. For having me, because you weren't supposed to. I know I was supposed to be an abortion and you had me. And I thought, wow, thank you! Because <laughs> you saved so much. You saved so much of me. And, uh, in comparisons to, oh, with Victor, my pregnancy was really cool because it was mine. It was really cool because when I was sad he would move and I always said he was you know I was 15 I was like oh he's doing a hula (laughs) and I could actually see the waves going across my stomach and it was when I was crying and I was feeling the worst that the wave thing would go on. And it was like almost he was telling me, it's okay, mom. Or he was trying to make me laugh or trying to make me feel different, you know. And I thought that was really cool. Now with Matthew, (laughs) I'll never forget being in that bathroom and taking the test and going, Bert, I'm pregnant. And Bert looked at me and went, what? (laughs) And I thought, my first instinct was how can I lose another one because I had uh, complications with a few after that because of the trauma and that happens at such a young age but um so I I really didn't get really really excited at first I was just like I'm pregnant (laughs) I thought okay well let's see what happens and uh, then he started to grow I was like oh my god what? <laughs> and uh then we started announcing everything cuz I got tired of announcing babies and then losing them. So uh we announced Matthew and well first we couldn't find a name but we announced we were pregnant and that was just the coolest thing. I bought all the stuff. He listened to music, I talked to him. I had all the creams, I had all, everything. It was awesome. I was like really nurturing him and he was a lot of fun to be pregnant with. We danced a lot. We, it was, it was the best time, one of the best times that with Matthew. That um, was really like, cool.
2: What's their relationship to each other, Victor and Matthew,
1: to see them together? How cool is that? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I look at both of them. I have a picture of both of them. It says, "My, my life, my love, my boys." And that's that's awesome. Um, that's awesome when he looks up at him. And uh, like I said, Matthew has a speech impediment, so he doesn't really speak very c- clear. But I have a screensaver that shows his brother all the time, and for some reason he looks at him, and it sounds like he's saying Jesus. <laughs> and I'm like, no, Victor. It's <laughs> <He said>, Jesus, <laughs> said, no, Victor. <laughs> but I think in a sense that is his God, that is his idol. He loves his brother, and when he gets, when Victor gets there, it's like he takes him to the room, he closes his door, and he's like claiming him mine time and my brother you know? and to me that is um i think that's one of the most precious things that god has given me and to see them together and to know that victor will be there to guide him and to help him and to and probably to help me <laughs> tell him say tell him no <laughs> It's really awesome.
2: Is there anything that you want to mm-hmm. add? Well, I know you can talk about anything else if you feel like you've left anything out or we can finish up it's up to you.
1: Oh, I feel pretty complete with everything. Um biggest statement I think I I really want to make clear with this whole thing and all of the, you know, it's hard to listen to uh some of the things that I talk about it. And uh, I hope that my mother and brothers and stuff listen to this tape, my family and, and so forth. I don't really want them to focus on the bad things that happened. I want them to see how much we can overcome and how with love we could, you know, it conquers everything. That statement is always used in relationships, but it's like in in a couple's relationships. But I want it to be used as a family relationship. Love conquers all. No matter what we went through as a family, we get together so much and the love is so there. And we have great times and we didn't let that get us. Everything we went through because it wasn't just my trauma, my mother had her own, and my brothers had their own, and you know everybody had this this affected so many people, but we all managed to still look at each other and feel the love and and have that that you know bond and I thought that was really that's really what I really wanted to show share and show today is that you know, no matter what we went through, no matter what I, I've i gone through, I, I still have this amazing, amazing family that I, I completely respect and love. It's really great.
2: Thank you guys so much for sharing your stories today.
1: Thank you. <coughs> Thank you.